Okay, I guess you have to start. This is the Cloud Now Podcast, your launchpad for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to the Cloud and Out podcast. This is our third episode, and my name is Andreas. And my name is Michael. Uh, Michael and I are brothers, and we focus 100% on AWS, which means everything we do is somehow related um, to building stuff on AWS. And every other week, uh, one of us prepares a topic for this podcast, and the topic is not known to the other one. So this week, Michael prepared a topic, and I have no clue Uh, what we talk about. So that's the concept of our podcast. And before we start with the topic from this week, Michael, uh, do you remember what we talked about last time? Uh, yes, I do, Andreas. Uh, so last episode, you talked about EC2 Instance Connect, which is a, a new way to uh, connect to EC2 instances using SSH. And it provides a mechanism to and basically distribute um, a temporary um, public key to the EC2 instance. So it gets easier to connect to an instance using SSH. And we discussed a little bit the benefits. We also discussed the drawbacks and the security implications. Uh, yeah, so if you're interested in kind of SSH and security and stuff, then, then I recommend to check out the last episode. Um, but yeah, I think it's now time to focus on this episode. I um, prepared uh, a few insights into how the AWS Marketplace works. And to be more specific, we are going to look into how software as a service subscriptions work on the AWS Marketplace. I'm not sure if you know about the AWS Marketplace. So I've seen the AWS Marketplace and I've uh, launched some EC2 instances based on images that are provided Uh, through the marketplace, but I'm not 100% into it. So maybe give me a, a short introduction. Um, yes, so uh, you already mentioned um, there is a way to sell uh, AMIs in the AWS marketplace. So that's basically the like the origin of the AWS marketplace. So you can uh, offer an AMI and attach a price tag to it. And so if a customer launches this AMI, then they, are, they pay for the EC2 instance and they also pay for uh, your AMI. Uh, besides um, using AMIs, you can also use AMIs with CloudFormation in the AWS Marketplace, which provides you some benefits if you want to launch like a more complicated infrastructure than just an EC2 instance. And um, then we have also the ability to offer software as a service in the AWS Marketplace. Uh, and this is what we are focusing on uh, today. And then there is also a way to sell container images in the AWS marketplace. And last but not least, you can sell machine learning algorithms in the marketplace. Um, and they can be used, for example, with, with SageMaker. Michael, what do we use the AWS marketplace for? So what, what, uh, came, what was the story that you came up with this uh, topic? Um, yes, so actually I was looking into marketplace from two directions. So the, the first um, direction was um, that we are um, running this small software as a service called Marbot, which is a um, incident response software for AWS based on Slack. And we uh, were not very satisfied with our payment provider. So we uh, looked into uh, other offerings and we also found 
AWS Marketplace. And since all our customers are also AWS customers, it made a lot of sense for us to switch to AWS Marketplace because it is much easier for our uh, customers then because if you buy something in the AWS Marketplace, the cool thing is it just appears on your AWS bill. So you don't need to set up another connection uh, and all the billing information and stuff like this if you buy something. It simply appears on your AWS bill. So it's 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 very convenient for customers um, if they're already using AWS to purchase your software, basically. And the other direction from which I am looking at the AWS Marketplace at the moment is that um, I was um, or I am looking into um, a way to offer an AMI with a CloudFormation template in the AWS Marketplace at the moment. And we are still in the process of being approved. Um, so we are testing at the moment. Uh, so I have um, a few insights from the software as a service perspective and also from the AMI perspective. But today we only focus on the software as a service part. Okay, so what do you, what do you say is the benefit of selling at the AWS Marketplace? Um, so I think it depends on if you are a seller or a customer. Um, so for a seller, the biggest benefit is that um, you basically um, have... Uh, no, you are not involved into the billing because AWS uh, does this for you. So you just receive uh, a monthly um, amount of money from AWS and AWS collects everything and they also um, provide the marketplace, which is basically a, a website, a directory where you can look for the products. So that's very convenient for the seller. And I think it's also very convenient for the customers uh, because they don't have to manage yet another um, like connection to a um to a service provider because they can just uh, purchase this and then they see it on their AWS bill. So it's easy for them to get an overview over all their expenses. Yeah, not an additional invoice and no credit card required and so on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, you can also like trust that. Um, I mean, if you provide your credit card data with AWS, I think it's a little bit different than if you provide it with a very small company. And so there's a lot of, I mean, AWS is kind of trusted uh, party here in this process. So you can you can benefit from this as a seller as well. Okay. And so you switched uh, using AWS Marketplace for our software as a service product, Marbot.io. Um, so what are the outcomes of that? Do you have any numbers or any uh, experiences? So far, we see that um, it's easier for people to subscribe to the product. So which basically means that we uh, increased our con conversion rate a little bit. It's just because it's much easier for our customers to, to subscribe. We don't know yet how the unsubscribe work because we don't use it. Um, I think we started in June this year. So we don't really know if we also decreased our unsubscribe rate. So that's something that we will see in, I think, a year or so, yeah. Okay, great. So it sounds very interesting. So for all who are building software as a service products, uh, that might be a good option. So but, uh, what are the requirements of selling a software as a service product in the AWS marketplace? How do you start? Yeah, so let me go into something else before, um, before we go into the requirements. So because there are actually two kinds of software as a service um, offerings that you can make in the marketplace. And the first one is the so-called pay-per-use um, offering, which means you basically bill based on some dimensions of usage. Uh, for example, in our case with Marbot, we, we bill based on user hours. Uh, so depending on how many users are using the product, we charge the customer. But you can also use um, a so-called software as a service contract. And this gives you a fixed amount of usage for a 
fixed amount of money. So for example, you can say it costs uh, $29 a month. And for this, you get uh, up to 25 users or something like this. And you can also have yearly contracts and things like this. So these are the two options that you have, um, pay-per-use and contracts. And we are going to focus on pay-per-use only here. Um, okay, so now we talk about the requirements. Um, so requirements um, for selling something in the AWS marketplace. The first is not really a requirement, this is a recommendation. And the recommendation is that you create a new AWS account, um, very likely in your AWS organization. And this is then your so-called marketplace account. So you don't run a lot of things in this account, but the connection to the marketplace is created in this account. And then with this new AWS account, you register as a marketplace seller. And depending on where you are based, this uh, is more or less complicated. So we are based in um, outside of the US, so in Germany. And the requirement to register as a marketplace seller is that you have a US bank account. So it's not as easy for us to get a US bank account. So that's why AWS integrates with a service called HyperWallet. And HyperWallet is kind of a service that offers US bank accounts for um, users in the, for example, from Europe. I'm not sure how this works if you are, for example, based in Asia or in other regions of the world. I'm not sure if HyperWallet helps you in this case. Um, so I haven't looked into this, but this could be a problem. So you should check this out. Okay, so once you are registered, um, you can create your product. And for a SaaS product, this is fully uh, a web-based process. So there's a uh, so-called marketplace management portal. It's, a, it's, it's integrated into the AWS management console. And within this web-based um, tool, you can create your product. Um, and then um, AWS will uh, review the information and um, you get a product code and you get a SNS topic from AWS. So those are the um, basically the two things that are created here in this process. And AWS also needs uh, information from you. Um, so this is kind of a chicken uh, egg problem so because a lot of information is required before the process and then but you have to depend on some information that you get from AWS so this is kind of a multi-step process um, but in the end you get a um, kind of test environment where you can uh, implement uh, everything that is needed and see if it works uh, and you can whitelist some AWS accounts and this AWS accounts can then subscribe to the product in the testing area and you can make sure that everything works as expected. And last but not least, uh, you need an AWS account. And this is not a requirement. It's, a, again, a recommendation. A second AWS account. And in this account, you run your SaaS application. Uh, so you have a strict separation between the account where the marketplace connection is made and then uh, you have a separate account where the actual software runs. Um, so this is kind of the recommended um, approach here. So that's um, what is required. And then, of course, you need... Uh, uh, some software uh, that you can offer as a service. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. So, but so yeah, you, you mentioned the requirements, but then how do I implement that? How do I integrate it into my software as a service product? So when you uh, think about integrating AWS Marketplace, you basically have to integrate three different flows. Um, so the first flow is a new customer subscribes. Then the second flow is uh, you have to send the usage data to AWS Marketplace. And the third flow is um, to deal with unsubscribes. The tricky part here is that there are basically uh, four parties involved in all those flows. Uh, the first um, party is the customer. Then we have AWS. Then we have your Marketplace account. And then we have your SaaS account. 
So those are the four parties that kind of interact with each other. And I think it makes sense to go into the details a little bit here and to talk about each flow in more detail. What do you think? Yeah, okay. So first things first, I would say. So how does the subscribe flow work? So how do we onboard a new customer? Yes. Um, okay, so, so the subscribe is, is basically the most uh, complex process uh, or flow. Uh, all the others are uh, shorter. Um, so um, it all starts with a AWS customer browsing the AWS marketplace, um, discovering your product, then deciding that he or she wants to subscribe to your product. So he or she clicks the subscribe button. So that's kind of where the process starts. Um, and this happens on the AWS marketplace website. I guess AWS checks a few things with billing and stuff like this, but once AWS confirms that the subscription uh, could work, um, they make an HTTP POST request to your website. And they send a, a, a little token um, together uh, with um, uh, to your website. And your job is then to extract this token from the POST request and validate it um, using the AWS Marketplace metering API. And now it gets a little bit tricky uh, because the only AWS account that can talk to the Marketplace API is your so-called marketplace account. But your SaaS application runs in your SaaS AWS account. So you cannot make the API call directly from your SaaS account. So what is needed here is you need to create a IAM role in your marketplace account. And this uh, IAM role needs to trust your SaaS account. And the uh, IAM role in the marketplace account needs the permissions to call uh, or invoke the uh, marketplace metering API. So what happens in your SaaS account is you receive the post request, you extract the token, you assume the IAM role in the Marketplace account, and then you make the call to the Marketplace metering API and validate the token. And if, this, uh, if the token is valid, uh, AWS sends a message, um, a so-called subscribe success message to the SNS topic that AWS created for you in their own AWS account. So this is not your Marketplace account, not your SaaS account. It's a different account. It's it's owned by AWS. Um, it has a account ID, so it looks like a normal AWS account. Not sure how it works, but they own the SNS topic. And in your Marketplace account, uh, you can create a subscription to this topic. So this topic allows subscriptions from your Marketplace account. Um, and to finally get the message, uh, usually you create an SQS queue in your SaaS account and you create a subscription in your Marketplace account. And then you can connect the dots and finally you receive the uh, subscribe success message in your SQS queue in your SaaS account. Okay, so let me try to summarize that because it sounds a little bit complicated at first. So, so first of all, the customer subscribes at the AWS Marketplace. This causes an HTTP POST request to our SaaS product in our SaaS account. Then we validate the token that we get uh, from this HTTP POST request uh, we need to assume a role in the marketplace account to be able to do so. And with this um, with this validation call to the marketplace API, we also um, trigger a, a message that uh, AWS sends over the SNS topic um, to our SNS subscription, which forwards it to our SQS queue, uh, which then finally uh, yeah, uh, results in a message that says, hey, the customer has actually... Um, subscribe successfully to our SFT as a service product. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's exactly how it works. 
the, the interesting piece here is that um, as soon as you receive the subscribe success message from AWS, you can start send usage data to AWS. Um, so you cannot send this um, earlier than the message. Uh, so that's kind of um, the importance of the message. Um, besides that, I don't know uh, what, uh, it, it, what the other applications are, but you cannot report usage before you receive the subscribe success message for the customer. So typically I assume the subscribe success message follows immediately after I call the marketplace metering API, but it doesn't have to, or are there any um, information and documentation about that? So I'm not sure. So from what we see uh, in the logs, it, it usually, uh, the message comes uh, within a very timely manner, within a few seconds. But I don't know. So there is, I don't think that there's anything mentioned in the documentation and I don't th think that there's any guarantee how long it takes um, the message to receive. But it's kind of an asynchronous process. So I think you have to take into account that it takes some, some time and, and you just make sure that you don't start reporting usage data before you receive the message. Otherwise, you will get errors when you call the API. I mean, that's not a big deal. You can then handle the error and, and just skip it. But uh, for like the ideal implementation with kind of... Uh, stored the information that you can now report usage in, in your database and only report for those uh, customers, yeah. Okay, okay, I think I understood the subscription workflow now. Okay, fine. So after a customer subscribed to our product, uh, so how do we actually build a customer? How do we send uh, report data, uh, usage data to AWS? Yes. So, and that's um, like uh, one of the most important flows for the seller, uh, because if you don't report usage, then the customer is not built. So that's um, in the responsibility of the seller. So if you, if you get this wrong, then the customer is not built. So that's your problem. Or even worse, if you send, if you send uh, incorrect <laughs> reports, um, then AWS will build it for, uh, for incorrect usage. Okay. Yes, I think that that's really something that you should um, uh, kind of uh, get right. So how does it work? Every hour you have to report usage. Um, so in our case, we have a, a Lambda function that is triggered by CloudWatch events that runs every hour. And again, before you can report usage, because we are in the SAS account here. So um, the Lambda function runs in the SAS account and we have to make a call to the marketplace metering API. And that's not possible because of permissions. So what we do is we again assume the I'm role in the marketplace account. And then from this account, uh, from this role, uh, we can then uh, invoke the marketplace metering API. Uh, and then we basically just send uh, for each dimension that we defined in our product. So uh, if we uh, take the Marbot example here, again, um, the uh, users, user hours. So we report uh, how many users use the product in the, in the last hour. And we send this as a dimension to the uh, uh, to the API. But uh, you could also, I mean, if you have multiple dimensions, for example, if you if your product for for whatever reasons you think you should build based on users, uh, based on storage that was used, and then you have to report two dimensions, for example. So you can have multiple dimensions that you use for billing, um, which is also like for many AWS services, it's not only a single dimension. Um, there are, for example. Maybe uh, DynamoDB, you pay for storage and you also pay for uh, per request in the on-demand mode. So those are two dimensions and you can um, define multiple dimensions that you that you build for. But that's basically the whole flow. So you every hour uh, you send metering data to AWS and you do this by assuming the role in the marketplace before 
um, to be uh, like uh, allowed to to invoke the AWS API. But that sounds very simple compared to the subscription workflow. Yes, it is. Okay. Last but not least, um, um, at any time a customer can unsubscribe. Um, so that's kind of an unhappy event, but it happens. This works basically in a similar way than the subscribe. So the customer um, goes to the AWS Management Console and you can search for Marketplace and then you get um, all your active subscriptions. And if you click on your active subscription, you can cancel it. And what happens when the customer clicks on cancel is that you get or AWS publishes a so-called unsubscribe pending message to the SNS topic. And because of the subscription, uh, it is forwarded to your SQS queue. An unsubscribe pending means that this customer unsubscribed, but you can still report usage. And this is because, um, so let's assume it is uh, 3.30 uh, um, and the customer clicks on unsubscribe. And now the customer used your product for 30 minutes. So for the whole hour, you can still report usage while the subscription is pending, also unsubscribe pending. You can still report usage. And then after one hour, you get the unsubscribe success message on the SNS topic. And then you cannot report usage anymore. And then you can really disable the customer. Those are the two messages that you receive in the case of an unsubscribe. Okay, so the customer goes to the management console, clicks unsubscribe, and then we get two messages, unsubscribe pending, and after a few, uh, few while, unsubscribe success. Uh, then we finally delete the customer from our database. Yes, and, and what we see from, from our logs is that those two messages are more or less exactly one hour. So there's a delay of one hour between the two messages. So once you receive unsubscribe pending, um, more or less one hour later, you receive the unsubscribe success message. But this is just what we see from the logs. Um, it's not, I think it's not documented uh, or, or guaranteed or something. But the the key point here is that uh, within between pending and, and success, unsubscribe pending and unsubscribe success, you can report usage data and you should do this. Uh, and after the unsubscribe success, stop uh, reporting usage. Okay. Okay. So you explained the subscribe process the report usage process and also the unsubscribe uh, process. Where can I find code examples? So if I want to implement that, where, get I, where, where do I get examples? This was also kind of my problem when I started um, with uh, Marketplace um, SaaS subscriptions. So um, we added a link to the show notes and um, there's a link to the blog post um, and we added CloudFormation templates that set up um, the, um, the IAM role stuff uh, that set up the SNS subscription, SQS topic and all that stuff that you need um, to make uh, the initial setup work. And we also have code examples in uh, Node.js uh, for um, validating the token, reporting usage and all this stuff that you have to do. So definitely check out the code if you're interested in, in implementing it because it takes some time to get it right. A shout out to uh, Torsten and we I think we will add his Twitter handle to the show notes as well. Then you can find him and because he implemented a Marketplace subscription um, before me and I was using his uh, kind of knowledge about the different message types that are sent on the SNS topic because they are kind of I mean, the, the types are documented, but the payload is not really documented. So um, I, I used his knowledge um, to avoid a lot of trial and error. Um, so that was very helpful. 
Very good. Okay, so maybe to to make that clear, so to we have a blog post um, that uh, follows every uh, episode of this podcast, um, and so you're linking that um, to get the code examples and all the details as well. Okay, so then maybe to summarize, uh, AWS Marketplace to yeah to sell a software as a service product. Um, what do you have to say? So what's the process? What's your, what's your summary? So I think it's it's um, sort of like the, the the big kind of summaries. It is quite easy to to uh, uh, sell your stuff in the marketplace. Um, so you have to implement the three flows that we talked about, and you have to register your product, and that's basically it. Um, so I think that's that's really uh, a good way. And if you are thinking about starting a small side business, um, like offering AWS tools or something like this. I can highly recommend you to, to use it um, because it's it's really easy. There's no, uh, so for many payment providers, there are like upfront fees or stuff like this. And this is all not 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 uh, in AWS Marketplace. It's just uh, a percentage that goes to AWS and, and the rest is, is yours. And it's really easy to get started. Um, so I can highly recommend it. But there are a few things um, kind of, let me, let me put it like this, a few uh, points of critique. Um, that you have to take into account as well. Um, the AWS Marketplace operates from the United States and it's always paid in US dollars via credit card. Um, so this may not surprise you if you're from the US, um, but for customers, for example, in Europe, um, they usually pay in uh, euros and they usually pay via direct debit. And all the charges that are generated in the AWS Marketplace are still you still have to add a credit card to your AWS account, and the marketplace is charging US dollars on your credit card and not on the um, usual payment um, configuration that you use for the rest of AWS. So that's kind of a surprise. Um, and the second point is that um, it's it's not. I think it's kind of unclear how the sales tax actually works, um, and we are not quite sure. Uh, if it's like in, for example, Apple's App Store or not. So that's that's something that we have not yet fully understood how it works. Thanks a lot for preparing this topic. It was very interesting for me. And um, so before we close uh, this episode, I want to um, thanks a lot for the feedback that we have received uh, since our last episode. And uh, I just want to read uh, a few examples of the feedback that we received via Twitter, for example, And also highly um, ask you to provide us feedback uh, for this podcast. Which topics are you interested? Um, is it easy for you to subscribe to our podcast? Any feedback uh, is highly recommend, uh, highly appreciated. Uh, so, for example, Joker has written in and he said, a very good start for a technical podcast, simple idea executed well. One of the presenter will come up with a topic without the other presenter knowing, and then they discuss It's about services in AWS. So uh, this was a very, uh, very nice comment. Thanks a lot, Joker, uh, for your feedback. And then Pavel uh, is writing in. I've just, I've just started listening a new podcast regarding AWS. Although there are just two episodes so far, the authors Andreas and Michael provide really interesting content. So thanks a lot for that feedback as well. And one more. Um, Uh, Theo is writing in great second podcast episode um, from Andreas and Michael about EC2 Instance Connect. Personally, I like to use Amazon Linux too, but such defaults are questionable from a security point of view. Uh, 
So thanks a lot for your feedback as well. And we are looking forward to uh, hearing from you. Yes, so uh, thanks for your feedback um, as well um, from me. Um, it, it's always um, uh, interesting for us to to read how, how people like the podcast. So I think it's time to, uh, to finish here, Andreas. Um, thanks for listening and see you next time. Yes, bye.